Thank you for listening to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. Sign up to our Patreon to receive bonus content, live streams and our weekly newsletter with money off books and museum visits as well. Plus early access to all live show tickets. That's patreon.com slash we have ways. Are you looking for a view of the world that's a bit different? Hi, I'm Jason Palmer, a host of The Weekend Intelligence, a podcast from The Economist. Join us to hear the stories that matter most to our correspondents and editors. Every Saturday, we introduce you to people and ideas that take you outside the ordinary and expand your horizons one episode at a time. Join us and see the world from a new perspective. To listen free until May 31st, search Spotify for The Weekend Intelligence. Actung, actung. It's James Holland here, and welcome to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. Now, in today's podcast, we've got a very special guest, because a few weeks ago, I travelled up to Penrith in the Lake District to visit Matt McKinnon-Patterson, who is an amazing veteran of the Second World War. He fought in Italy, first with the Argyll and Sutherland Highlanders, and then right at the end of the war with the SAS in Northern Italy. Um, and he was absolutely fascinating, not just his wartime record, but also just growing up in Scotland as an orphan um, and what he got up to. Um, this will probably be three episodes, I think. So this is the first. Um, but I hope you enjoyed. I thought it was utterly brilliant. Let's have a listen to what he's got to say. So, Matt, I thought just to start off with, I'd love to know about where you were born and brought up, if that's all right. Yes. Well, I was born in Glasgow. Yeah. And I was born in a street called Rotten Row. Rotten Row. There was a hospital there. Yeah. And you can't get further down the social ladder than Rotten Row. No. <laughs> and my mother died. Oh, no. How and, old uh, were you then? Well, I was just born. Oh, I see. When you were born? When I was born. And uh, I was placed into an orphanage. By the time I was a year and 11 months. And I was passed around from one part of the family to another, I think. But by the time I got to this orphanage a year and 11 months, I couldn't walk, I couldn't talk, I couldn't feed myself. So where was your father then? Yeah, well, he had died at all. Oh, he had done, I don't know where he'd gone. He, he, was, he was actually locked up as being sort of, uh, he'd gone berserk. And uh, I don't like to mention that. Anyway, um, I grew up in what you called Quarrier's Orphan Homes of Scotland. Wow. And, and the couple that were there, she came from Lazenby and he came from Newcastle. They, they met in Newcastle Infirmary and got married and then eventually they trickled up to there. Right. I think it was a job getting Christian couples and uh, at a time when unemployment was quite heavy, 1924, yeah. 26. And they sort of looked after me until 13 Right. When an aunt wanted, I had a brother and two sisters, and my aunt wanted to take the brother out of the home when he was 15. Yeah. And uh, the home said, no, we look after them, we place them, you see. And, uh, of course, she blew her top, and eventually I got chucked out at 13 and a half. The, 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 the superintendent, not the couple that brought me up, but the superintendent minister, said, that's it, you can have them both. And so my brother and I were sent to live in Rutherglen, Glasgow. But what was it like in the orphanage? It was very nice. Really? Yes. I was, uh, oh yes, it was very, very nice. It, uh, 
I'll tell you how, how what it was like. I had one of the other lads that was in the orphanage with me, and one day we, we, he came up this way, and we were busy talking to some people, and I sort of swanking about the fact I'd grown up in an orphanage, you know, yep. pitying me. And he turned to me and he said, you know, we were better off there than those kids in Glasgow. He said, we got three square meals a day. Yeah. We had a bed to ourselves. Yeah. We had uh, two weeks holiday down the coast at Dunnoon, near Dunnoon and in Ellen. Lord Rowallan gave the home a big mansion house and we used to use it for two weeks <laughs> during the summer holidays. And I suppose you were with your... Your pals, weren't you? And you were with all your pals. You, 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 the, the there were 40-odd houses. Right. And uh, all the beautiful houses, architecturally built. And in these 40 house, each house, there'd be either 30 boys or 30 girls, or give yeah. or take. Yeah. Probably mostly give. There was about 600 boys and 500 girls in that home. Right. And each house had a Christian couple looking after them. Right. Right. The boys. The girls are two Christian women. We were all ages, from me at a year and 11 months, to lads of 16. And uh, there was no, no uniform. No. We went to church regularly. Did you? Well, twice on Sunday. Yep. And once during the week, on a Wednesday evening. Wednesday right. evening was more relaxed. It, it was usually slides from a visiting wish missionary coming home. Right. So really and truthfully, our education was better than the kids in Glasgow. Right. Because we knew all about uh, places in Africa. Yeah. Argentina, heck knows where else, you know. And did you have schooling as well? Always schooling there. Yeah, I'll tell you what, when I came to live in Glasgow, in Rutherglen, I had to go to school because I wasn't, I wasn't quite 14. Yeah, right. I six months of school. And I tell you quite seriously, we were further advanced in the orphanage than they were at Rutherglen. Isn't that interesting? But mind you, this, can I tell you a story? Yeah, please do. <laughs> the teacher at Rutherglen, he, uh, he was teaching us mathematics. Yeah. And he was, oh, I was new boy. Everywhere we went, new boy, new boy, <laughs> new boy. Anyway, he gets up on, the, up on the blackboard, Pythagoras theorem. And he does it all. Proves Pythagoras' theorem, right? Yeah. That blackboard. Over to another one on an easel. Back to wipe half of this one off and carry on. And he looks at it and everybody's sitting back thinking, oh, crummy. And he threw his chalk up in the air and he caught it round the back like that. He's very clever that way. And he says, new boy, show us what you can do. He didn't know a thing about me. He thought he'd got to everybody's having a good old laugh at new boy. Yeah. Idiot coming out because when you're a new boy in a school, the idiot moves up one. You move yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. and I went there and I just wiped the board clean. <laughs> We'd done it six months before, and oh, from then on, new boy was top top boy. You see. <laughs> Eventually, I left there and I went to work in a, a big warehouse in Glasgow called Campbell Stewart and Macdonald. Thomas Stuart MacDonald. Campbell Stuart MacDonald. Campbell Stuart MacDonald. Oh, yes, all three of them. I think yeah. Campbell's out of keeping the MacDonald's and Stuart's apart. <laughs> but uh, and I went there for some time, then I got fed up with that. So, hold on a minute. When, um, so, uh, what year were you born? When were you born then? 
1924. That's going back a little bit, isn't it? Yeah, it is a little bit, yeah. So that, so you would have got to, if you were 13 and a half, that means you would have been 1937. 36, 37. you were in, back in Glasgow. Uh, in the 36, I was, uh, I remember, I was still in the home when King Edward VIII abdicated. Right. And then I... Uh, That's the beginning of 1937, isn't it? Uh, 36 was, uh, I came out, and then 37, I was in Rutherglen. I had six months to go at school. Yeah, so then you so finished school in, what, 1938, something like that? Uh, uh, yes, about 1938. I came out and I didn't like this job where I was. I wasn't very happy. Well, what was it? What was the work? Errand boy. Right. I uh, I wasn't very happy. I, I missed the home. Yeah. And I was actually in the home. Since I'd come in as a baby, I was well looked after by the couple, more or less, I was their son. Right. If you like to put, I mean, when does a woman put a child down and say, right, no longer, you get with the rest? Hmm. She never did, never could. I used to come down here on holiday with them. Oh. When, it was, when it was their time for a break. Yeah. I used to come down to Lazenby, one week in February and two weeks in June. Amazing. Before I was five years old. And um, I got to know Lazenby very well. And, and uh, in fact, when I went preaching up here years later, and I'm at Appleby, and I went preaching, and I got appointed to Lazenby one day, mm. and I walked into the pulpit, and I said, does anybody here remember so-and-so and so-and-so? And I rattled off a lot of names, and they're all sitting looking at me, wondering who the dickens I am. <laughs> and I did the same at Risendale. I went in there, and I sort of gave them a little, and, and tea me as well. Yeah. Because I knew people that had, been there when I was a kid. Right, right, right. Anyway, um... So you didn't stay long at Campbell Stewart MacDonald? No, I think I was out of there quick. And um, my aunt contacted somebody called Dr Cosser. And Dr Cosser, by the time I was 15, before I was 15... Yeah. Dr Cosser came to see me, or the solicitor, family solicitor, called in Dr Cosser. Dr Cosser used to go round the courts... And they used to pick up boys that were, you know, uh, like, like been picked up and put in the court for minor demeanours. And he'd pick them up and if he felt they could help them, he'd take them and train them how to become a, a farmer. Now, he'd bought two farms. He would, um, he would teach us farming, right. milking cows and all that. Yeah. So I went through a court nine months of that. Well, that must have been quite fun, wasn't it? Not really. That was no. all right. It, was, it wasn't quite the... I remember war was declared while, while I was there. Right. And we're sitting in a group. There was about 20 lads. I was sitting there listening to the radio. Eventually, I left there. Sorry, when you were all listening to the, the, the broadcast that war had been declared, I mean... Yeah. Can, can you remember what everyone thought about it? I mean, were you... What everybody thought about it. Mm. Two groups... One group said, cool, great, lovely. Yeah. Just, you know, others lot saying, oh, yeah, 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 here we go again. Yeah. And, uh, but everybody just accepted it. Right. Then, of course, out come the propagandists. Yeah. Do not talk about this. Do not, don't be a defeatist. Yeah, yeah. And in the end, everybody's in. Yes. And so you, you have to be careful what you said in those days, just as bad as it is today. Anyway, I went through the farming... War had been declared. 
did my nine months at Kilwinning. Yep. Put on a farm in Kilmarnock, overlooking the Clyde, Ailsa Craig, Aaron, beautiful view. Wow. But I didn't want to be a farm boy. Unfortunately, the government intervened by saying all agricultural workers are exempt from military training. So I packed my little suitcase and off I shot. Because you didn't want to be exempt? I wanted to get into the army. Did you? Why was that? My nature. Yep. My pride. Yep. Biggest factor in life was pride. Yeah. And, um, but what was it about it? You just wanted to be a part of it, or, or you felt you would be a good ooh, soldier? You didn't want to miss a fight. Crummy, you, you, you grew up with this First World War in your background, and everybody talking about it in one way or another, and you sort of felt, you know, I'm not going to be left out. Right. You but, felt that quite strongly, did you? Oh, yeah, we all felt that strongly, mm. uh, except those that didn't want to feel that strongly. Uh, it's one of those things that you feel... You have to do. It's an occasion you don't want to miss. It's an experience you'd think you need to know. Because you grew up with casual blokes from the First World War. Yeah. Coming along and telling you half a story. Yes. And, uh, oh, you kids don't know what it's like to be in da ba 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 You say, well, well, tell us. Oh, no, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to talk about it. Usually find out they were base swallows, they never did anything. <laughs> yes. And um but you grew up with this. I stayed there, I came away from there that day and I went to work in Glasgow. Right. So you left the farm. Uh, eh? You, you, this was after leaving the farm. After leaving doing the midnight flit. Yeah. And Oh uh, you basically went out in the middle of the night, did you? Oh <laughs> early in the morning. You just left? I just got up and packed my cases and left. Uh, <laughs> what you didn't tell anyone? No, I didn't tell anybody, but I, I was well liked there. I got well, yeah. I enjoyed my time on the farm. But it just but wasn't what you wanted to do. It wasn't what I wanted to be stuck with during the war. No. While every other lad's coming back saying that they were at this and that and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and get you were that. busy milking cows. Yeah, I understand that. Anyway, the <clears throat> I, I worked in Glasgow. I went into lodgings and I looked after myself. And only did, a few you, did, did you, I mean, presumably by that stage, so what, what are we now, 1940, 41, something like that? Well, in 1940, yes, I think it was around about 1930, 39 war was declared. Yes. 40 I was in the, in the farming, and somewhere around about 41. I was in the shipyard. So wait, wait, so you'd have been 17? I'd be 17. I was in the, in the shipyards. And I remember that Russia was dragged into the war. Yeah, so, so that's June 1941. I remember that for a simple reason. In the shipyards, I became great pals of the Communist Party. <laughs> and so you? when Russia... And they used to sort of try and... You know, they weren't going to help the war effort, you know. Right, right, right. And then when Russia came in, they were going around telling, hey, come on, move, move, get a move on, you know. <laughs> and... Uh, and what was it about the Communist Party that appealed to you? No, I suppose when you think about it, it's what's the difference between... I was brought up in a very strong Christian religion. Yeah. Not We weren't... In the orphanage, we weren't force-led religion. No. We were slight, um, dispensed 
spoonfuls of preventative medicine. <laughs> if the good Lord yeah. didn't on the on the grudge, if the good Lord didn't want you, all Satan was going to have a devil of a job getting you. Right, right. So you grew up with a tremendously moral principles. But you must have, but by the age of seventeen, you must have been incredibly resilient and good oh, at looking after yourself and. Well, yes, I knew I, your own mind and all that sort yeah, of thing. Well, I had about uh, I had about thirty bob wages. Ten bob went from the room, and uh, I just I lived on cornflakes at one time, <laughs> and then eventually the, the 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 only people in the shipyard when they found out I was on my own. Yeah. The communists, one or two of the communist fellows, took me back to their house to give me to feed me. Right. Nobody else did. Right. And that's where I started thinking, you know. Yeah. Anyway, I was very, oh, very pro-communist. In fact, they, they could see in me a, a, a star. But then I felt, well, I'm not, I can't live on this money at the shipyard. Right. So I got another job doing night shift in a factory. Wow. And uh, <clears> I, did, I did night shift and, I, and then I got proper lodgings. Right. 30 bob a week. Goodness. And... Um, you know, you 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 had your you had your bed, but you knew that when you were on night shift, somebody else was in that bed during the, uh, at other times, like yeah. you know, while you were at night shift. So yeah. the old landlady was playing the old fiddle, but you didn't matter. They were up to all the tricks in those days. Eventually, when I got to eighteen. I went along to the Army Recruiting Office in Glasgow. Yep. And I um, signed on. Well, I walked in and I said, uh, I said, I want to join the Argyll and Sutherland Highlanders. And why did you want to join them? Because my uncle had been in that and he right. got killed at the Battle of Lewes. Ah, yes. Yep. Uh, Queen's brother got killed. Queen, Queen Elizabeth first, the mother, Queen Mother's brother got yep. killed. Uh, and uh, I walked in and I said, I want to join the Argyll and Sutherland Highlanders. I said, sorry, full up. I said, all right then, full up. I said, uh, and he said, you need to bother about the Camerons, Gordons and Seaforce. He said, they're full up and all. Well, I didn't want a Lowland Regiment, I wanted a Highland Regiment. Okay, you just, and, and that was because of your uncle and because... That's right. You, you, you'd worked in the farm in the Highlands and all sorts of stuff. You just had a connection to the Highlands. Well, no, no, we, we just, the name McKinnon came from the Highlands. Ah. But, I wanted to I wanted to join the Highland Regiment. Okay. Because of his uncle, I think. And um, I, I said, oh, why is that then? He said, we've got train loads of them coming up from Lancashire and Yorkshire. He said, every blooming one of them claims to be Scottish descent and they're coming up in the train loads. And when I got into the Argyles, I found uh, mostly Scots Regiment, but about 60% Lancashire, Yorkshire. <laughs> we we used to march, march to Lassie from Lancashire more than we ever marched to one of the Scottish tunes. Right. Eltimore Bar Tart, I knew that off before I remembered Scots were here and all that stuff. <laughs> and so then, this is 1942? 42, when yeah. I joined up. Yeah. I joined up in 19 October, well, uh, <coughs> August 42. October 42, I'm in Perth. Right. And what was your... When's your birthday? August. I right, signed on on my birthday. Right. August the 14th. That's the same as my daughter's. Ah, that's good. You remember it now then. Yeah. And um, 
And then they called me up to Perth on the 1st of October. And I walked in the gates of Perth, gave my name, signed in. The chap behind me come in, very large, blah, 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 blah. I could just hear him giving his name and things. Yeah. We went and we picked our kit up. Mm -hmm. We come walking back and the two of us were told, you know, you, you, your, your bunk is up there. Oh, num yeah, that, that, so, that have you been, so are you now in the Argyll and Sutherland Highlands? I'm now, well? I just joined up. You just joined up as a recruit with no regiment? I'm still wearing my civvy clothes, but I'm carrying my army ones. Got you, got you. And I'm lugging them along there, and there's another bloke with me, and the two of us get there, and we get to the, the dormitory, and, uh, and he says, sir, oh, what one shall we have? I said, well, I'm going to have that one. I'll have that one next show. He went, we said, as time went on, mm. you know, we got we got quite friendly. Mm. I says, what? He said to me, oh, what, what school did you go to? Well, I said, I went to the most expensive school in Scotland. I said, people were dying to send the kids to my school. Oh, which one was that? Loretto? I said, no, Corriers. I've never heard of it. And which one did you go to? Eton. <laughs> Eton. Eton's in one bed. Next bed to and, and I'm in Quarry's orphanage is in the next bed. Yeah. And the third bed over there who came in later and heard his accent, Robertson's jam factory. <laughs> he came from he he came from over Bristol, what do you call it? And then he and I got along like us. I was up for quite old pals. So why was he there? He'd just been recruited. He just joined up. Huh? He wasn't you see, once upon a time he would have walked these two would have walked straight into a commission. Yeah. But now, the law said a commission must be taken, recruits must be taken from the ranks. Yeah. And so they've got to go through the primary training first before they can come up, you see? Right. And these two went on to officers' cadet training unit in no sure. time, like, you know. Yeah. They, they passed right through. Before they passed through, they put my name down for a commission. I was called in to my interview. Bloke looked up at me, he said, and how do you intend to pay your mess bills? And I just said, well, my wages. You <laughs> need a lot more than that. Says, oh, wow, 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 you know. <laughs> and you suddenly realise, yes. It took me a long while to figure what that meant. And I've only just discovered what that really question really meant. It didn't mean how much money have I got. Did I, would I be paying by cheque or by direct debit or whatever it was? Yes, it yes. Had I enough to do that? Yeah. And it was money, and uh, I just walked out. I thought, I'll stuff you. I walked <laughs> out. I was a Lance Corporal at the time. I'd been promoted to Lance Corporal as a Lance Corporal instructor. Mm. Within six months of being in the Army, yeah. I'm an Army, Army instructor. And did you find that Army life suited you then? Um, yeah, yeah, I got along all right in it. Uh, as I say, I, I became a Lance Corporal within a few months of being in the Army. Yes. Uh, and then I was made up to a Lance Corporal Instructor. And I wasn't even in the Army a whole year. I was about six six months, nine months, five or six months. And I uh, I got posted up to Lanark here to instruct new recruits. Right. I've got a Lance tape on there. But in the meantime... When I'm when I'm still on the move, we moved from Perth yes. down to Suffolk in what became the Highland Regiment, 
In other words, all boys under 19 in the five, five Highland regiments were now grouped into one regiment called the Highland Regiment. Right. And that was a training regiment. Got you. And the cat badge is quite, quite worth a bob or two. I've still got one. Huh. And um, we, we moved from Perth to Suffolk mm -hmm. to near, near Mildenhall, mm -hmm. Frackenham. Yeah. Then we moved from there down to Leon C, Essex. Mm -hmm. Do you know it? I do, yeah. Well, I, down at Leon C, on the Sunday after Sunday, we were free to wander about downtown. And I met my first wife then. She was 15 and I was 18. Right. Five years later, we got married. How wonderful. Uh, but then, after I'd gone to Lanark in the meantime, and then... When I come, you couldn't go abroad until you were 19. Right. So whenever somebody said that they were landing on here and they were doing this when they were 18, I think, aye, aye, either you've told lies about your age or you're telling lies. Right. And um, we, uh, I, 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 we got married and then I went and in and I said, when I come 19, I went into the office again and I said, I want to go abroad, overseas. And of course, I got posted to... Italy. Right. Well, first so 1943, you'd have been 19, right? I judge you couldn't August go. August 1943. You couldn't, you couldn't get in. You were not supposed to go abroad till you were 19. Yeah. And uh, I think because it Dunkirk or something, they got quite quite a number of younger lads got killed, and so they insisted 19 <clears throat> minimum age. And um, and I went to, I went, I was down to Liverpool, uh, Liverpool on a ship. Yes. And then I went to, on the ship, we went to Algiers. Yes. Algiers, we went to, across the Bizerta. Yeah, in Tunisia. Uh, and on our way to Italy. On the Monarch. On the Monarch of Bermuda. Wow. And we, uh, and we came, uh, we got to Italy just before the first battle of Casino was about to start. Right, so this had been very early, 1944. And we were stuck in a transit camp, not, not, too, too, not too far up. Yeah. Ready, but we were not, we were ready to be, we were all mixed. What all was that? So all mixed like, regiments. Was that somewhere like Caserta or somewhere like that? Yeah, it might, might have been Caserta. Yeah. Uh, where, the, where the army headquarters were. That's right, yeah. But we weren't far from there. And I can't remember <clears> the name <throat> now because it's a long time. But we were there in the first battle as a, a, a total reserve, like, you know, anywhere, any problem. Transit camp. You're just a replacement troops. You haven't been allocated a regiment at this point. Reinforcement holding unit. Reinforcement holding unit, yeah. Yeah. And uh, we... Uh, but you haven't got a regiment at this point. Oh, no. Well, I haven't joined my battalion. No. But we're, we're all different nationals, all different <clears throat> regiments. Yep. And... Um, <laughs> a bit of a comedy town here. Uh, when when we were there, it was, as I say, it was all these different about thirty men in each group. Yeah. And um, the sergeants, they didn't know what to do with us. And one day, one of, the, one of them said, "Right, right, everybody out, PT kit on, cross country run, five five miles." And off we set. Well, I I just plodded along. And I come in first, <laughs> out of about two or three hundred. Before we set off, the sergeants are all saying to each their, their own regiment, right, 
don't forget, you're, you're running for the Argyles. Mm. And then... And you're still I, a half... Uh, you're still a Lance Corporal at this stage. Yeah, they made me keep that up, strangely enough. Because yeah. they had a job getting people to take it. Mm. Not Lance Corporal. Nobody wanted that because you were unpaid. You got all the responsibility and none of the money. Right. And we go all this way, all this way around, and they started to be every day. Right. We were going on this cross country run, and every day I'd win. Right. And every day before we set off, a sergeant would come to me and he'd say, "Run for the regiment." Yeah. Okay, sir. I run. I didn't realise till year, oh, a long while later, somebody told me he was running a book on me, and I was a blimmin'. <laughs> no wonder none, none of they all hated me because they said, because of you we're getting dragged out every day. You know. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, funny. eventually, second battle we moved up a bit closer. So this is now it, February forty-four. We're coming into uh, the, the second battle. We're we're a, a bit closer. Third battle, we're right up there. This is the one in the town. Yeah, and and, in March. The, the, and we're we're. Just a little bit bad, but we get shelled, yeah, and we get shot at, and everything else. I mean, this is your first taste of combat. First taste of combat, right? And what did you make of it? What were your impressions of the of the oh, kind of the Gustav line? Just a minute, tell you something. <coughs> Fourth battle, we're front line. Yes, of course. We're the attack. This is Operation Diadem. We, are, yeah, we're on the attack. Yeah, and we got across the Rapido River. Yeah, in boats. Yes. I am in the battalion of the 1st Battalion of the Argyles. So you got to where you wanted? I got where I wanted and... Did you ever I, have any choice in that? I mean, did you... Did you did well, you just drift. It? You just drift with it. You've, you've got to be very careful that they don't put you with somebody else. You know, you're 1st Argyles, but you could come along and say, they need, they need more recruits up in that one there. That's, that's why we were on four, three... Two battle, we were back, sure, but, but 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 ready to go anywhere. But the Argyles was the place you wanted to go in the first that place. That was my regiment. So, so was it luck when you eventually got attached to your battalion, the first battalion? No, I just went along with the drift. Right, it, was, okay. it wasn't as much luck. Uh, it was dodging the fact that they might get, they might say, "Oh, we need ten blocks of the Black Watch," you know, sunk, or right. ten blocks of the Sussex Regiment there. Yeah. Uh, your theory, you had no regiment. Right. Um, you could go be stuck anywhere. And if, if in one of the one, two or three battles, some regiment suffered heavy losses... Then off you'd go. Then they would just come back to the reinforcement holding unit and, you know, you 20 in there. Right. Um, but but once, then, you're in your, once you've given your battalion, you stay with the battalion, don't you? Oh, yeah. Well, I was, I was still a line scorpion. They mm. keep telling me every time I go, I'm supposed to lose my tape. Right. Because whenever you move in the army as a lance corporal, you lose your tape. As right. a corporal, you keep it, if you've been corporal for more than so many months. But everywhere I went, I said, keep it, keep it, keep it. And um, eventually, I'm assigned to the 1st Battalion, Argyll and Sutherland Highlanders, 8th Indian Division. Mm -hmm. Now, the Indian Division was a brigade of three regiments, yes. three battalions. Two Indian and one British. Yeah. Right. We were in one of the them. The British bit. Yeah. Right. When I get there, they come along and they say, "Oh, keep your tape up." But I mean, I, I should. I, these blokes have been in battle before. It don't matter. I've got 
eight eight men under me. Yep. I'm a line scorpion. And can you remember which company it was? C Company. C Company, First Battalion. First Battalion. And I'm. Uh, right. And I got a Lieutenant Gammy in charge of my platoon. Gammy. Gammy. He was a blooming idiot. Was he? Oh gosh, yes. In what way? Bumble. Right. Public school boy, Bumble. Didn't really know what I he was doing. Think he was going to become a solicitor? I said, I don't know. Never, he never, he never got relaxed with you. And uh, anyway, we, um, I had to take, I had to take these men a section into battle. They were all older than me, taller than me. They were all more <laughs> experienced than me. Billy Muggins has got the blooming lightsaber, and I've got to lead them. And in, in little canoes, full, I should have been a full corporal. Yeah, well, you should have been. Uh, right? if, you got, if you were given a section, you should have been a full corporal. I should have been full corporal. Yeah, Cor Lance Corporal usually did the brain gun group. That's right. Anyway, I've got a full section, and we get ready for the fourth battle. We do a bit of practice on these little rowing boat things we've got, you know. Yeah, collapsibles. They're little sort of canvas things, aren't they? Canvas things, right? And um, we line up on the night of the battle. And the guns are going like the clappers behind us. Yeah. And Jerry's shelling us as well. You're standing there. They're all behind Monte Trocchio, aren't they? Eh? They're all behind Monte Trocchio. That's where they were, all the guns were, were at they? Casino. Anyway, for the diadem battle. I didn't even know where that was. <laughs> Don't well, it's, it's, it's at, the, at the mouth of the Leary Valley. Yeah. So you've got Monte Casino on, well, on the right. Uh, yeah. Then a little way back, you've yeah. got this low saddled yeah. um, hill, right. which is sort of at 90 degrees to the, the Leary Valley. Yeah. And all the guns, that was Monte Trocchio, and all the guns are behind that. Oh, were they? And then you've got the, 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 the Rapido coming down from the, from the other side of yes. Casino. And, then you, and, and, and the interesting thing about the Leary Valley is it's much, much sort of more undulating than it looks like from the top. It's quite hilly, isn't it, in a yes. way? You you mentioned the Rapido. Uh, what was it like when you saw it? Well, I guess it would be about 15, 20 yards across, something like that. More than that, yeah. Um, and you got it's quite a plunging... You've got to go down quite... You know, the, the, there's a sort of quite high banks either side of it. Right. Not easy to get in and out of, I wouldn't have thought. No. When I last saw it, it was a trickle. <laughs> it wasn't when a, we went out there. Wasn't in 1944, I, was it? I could have walked across it. Yeah. Uh, in 1944, it was up, right up to the brim. Yeah. I don't know how Jerry managed that. He diverted something. But yes, they flooded the upper Rapido Valley. Yeah. But also, the winter had been unbelievably wet. Yeah. It just rained and rained and rained that's and rained it. and rained. So all the you had lots of water coming out of the mountains and flowing right. into these rivers, which then so obviously flew it. to the sea. I've often wondered, and um, anyway, we're standing there in this long line, and there's a hell of a din going on, you're yeah. deafened. Then suddenly our guns, whistle blows and our guns stop. Another, another whistle, you hear somebody else over there, and the jerry guns stop. Right. And even the conversation between a Bren gun and a Spando stops. Right, it's just silence. Eh? Quiet. Yeah. It's so quiet, you could hear the silence. Yeah. And you're standing there, absolute silence. A firefly went past, 
And I looked at him and I thought, well, so you're a lucky devil. You don't know what's going on. Firefly, it was so quiet. Yeah. Further down, some of the chaps said they could hear the frogs croaking in the marshes. Right. And then all of a sudden, a whistle goes. And all hell lets loose. And that's our signal. Right, lads, let's go. Now, down to the... All, both sides of the pedo, you may have seen it, mm -hmm. marshland. Yes. In great deep ditches yep. for draining. There's one or two what I used to call dehydrated riverbeds yes. going down. They were dry. Yeah. And we had placed our pontoon there. I get my squad then and we go down and we pick one up, right? Mm -hmm. And we carry it down to the river. There's hell let loose, shell you know, all inside of you. You can hear this, you can hear this shrapnel ricocheting everywhere and everyone else. You can hear the bullets flying, whizzing past, you know. Yeah. And um, it's just all hell let loose now. And how, I mean, can you, can you remember at all how you were feeling? I mean, are, are you... Yes, I'm going to tell you. What I'm yeah. going to tell you, one of my crown statements. I was blessed at that time with what you might call <coughs> boyhood bravado. Right. Where you're thinking... Not going to stop me. Right. This is what I've been waiting for. This is what I'm, manhood, I'm a man now. So you and weren't you scared? To, not the slightest. I just, we just went in and I was in charge of these eight, ten men. And they're picking up the tr uh, little pontoon craft and carrying it down to the river. And they put it in the river and I get in and we row across. And I get up. And it's a high bank. But by then the river's well up on it. So it wasn't too steep, for me, pretty steep, for you, probably a stride. <laughs> and we got up there, and the next thing I know is, I'm getting my section sorted out. Now, our job was to go from, the company was to move that way, and then in, and occupy the, the, the trench. And you, these ditches, yeah. we were to pick up these ditches and turn them into trenches. Sure. As we get up, our, my company goes that way. I'm ready to go that way. Suddenly, an officer steps in front of me and says, wait, hold on, D Company's got to come through first. But I said, wait, 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 I'm with C Company. stay where you are. You do as you're told. D Company passes by. My C company's gone away down there, and I'm left with ten men. And I said, right lads, we're ready. When, when D company's gone through, an old soldier says to me, he says, Corporal, he said, let's sit down, he said. You won't get anywhere if you start running around. So we sat down, we waited, we got shelled, we, you know. Yeah. One or two blo bloke got hit, hit with bullets. So how long does it take for a company to pass through? A little while. It's about a hundred... What, 500, what's a company? Company's about 120 men, men but then you've got 10% left. 100 men. 100 men, yeah. Yeah, it didn't take too long, but it was long enough. To get I'd separate. Lost, and it's I'd lost after. my contact. Yeah. Because I, I didn't know where we was, our company was supposed to turn. Anyway, I, I, they went past, and eventually we waited till the morning. There was a great smoke screen everywhere. So not only you can't see, but you're stuck in a, a yeah. mist. Yeah, the this, fog of war. This old soldier told me, he said, uh, stay here, cop. He said, you're wasting your time looking. 
till in the morning when there's a bit of light, yep. we'll, we'll start and find them out. So in the morning, <clears> I get up and I, I leave one of the blocks in charge of the section, keep an eye on them, and I go and find out where we're to turn. Eventually, we get them and we get them back in. We get into our proper place, right? which was our proper place. For the, the D Company was supposed to be on our left. How the hell they ended up on our right, I don't know. <laughs> well, all that and, smoke, I suppose. And, uh, but eventually, I found our company, and I managed to get up to them and get the lads in. And uh, I'm waiting and watching. Just about as far as up that wall, there's a great long barbed wire fence. It's absolutely loaded with barbed wire. And we take a look at it, and I say to them, I said, I just, just think we're going to get through that, are we? No, I said, the old soldier said, oh, let the artillery do it. We said, they'll, they'll, they'll belt it to pieces. Well, the artillery had two or three goes at it, and we got more shrapnel from them than anybody else. And um, still we sat there. We sat there for a day, and then next day, we're all nicely settled in, but we're not moving, and I'm getting no instructions to move. No. And if you went forward with a pair of pliers and tried to cut that wire, it would jelly sniping you. Right. So the best thing to do is sit still and wait. Now, before that, the Canadian Tank Corps had told yep. us, we won't be able to help you because it's marshland. But later on, they said, we'll help you if you ever get stuck. But anyway, when, while we're there during the day, the Sergeant Major comes running along the trench, past all my chaps, stands beside me, looks about, looks about, he turns to me, he said, follow me. So I followed him. And half a dozen Just blocks, you? Eh? Just you? No, there's half a dozen other blocks right. come dashing along. Not my squad. He gets me down to the blooming boat, into the ship, into the pontoon, and he said, now, is everybody here injured? I said, I'm not. So he said, well, what are you doing here? I said, you told me to follow you. He said, oh, God, go on, off you go. So I went back, but I couldn't find them again. I had to go all the way around here. I got up to, I, I managed to get up so far for D Company, because the chap's signals block was going to fix the telephone. And uh, I, I went back with him to D Company. Right. And then he was going to go to C Company later, so he was going to take me back. Because you couldn't find your way around. Right. And um, while we're, I'm with D Company, there's a little group of them. Suddenly Jerry starts shelling us. Right. One bloke says to me, he says, come on, we've got to scatter us, you can't all stay in here. So I said, well, where can I go? He says, the trench just front 20, 20 or 30 yards ahead. Oh, right. So I get up and I run, and I nearly fall in this trench. And I fall asleep. And the shelling goes on. And it's hell on earth. And you're just sitting there. And I'm waking up. And it's daylight. And it's silence. <laughs> and uh, I crawl out of my trench. I go try to find my company. I start walking back. Oh, said everybody said, oh, the, the, their girls have been withdrawn. Why? Well, I said, the gooms broke through. You know the gooms, North Africa? Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yeah. The gooms broke through. She said, yeah. oh. And, and uh, Jerry's retreated. So I come back. Eventually I get back to my unit. And uh, I'm, I'm, the, about the only, I'm about the only NCO left. 
<laughs> and you know what? I went back next day. To, well, I went back to look for stragglers. Anybody that needed yeah. that slit trench had a Jerry Blooming machine gun post right above me, and I slept while he fired. Well, I hope you enjoyed that first part of my interview with uh, Matt McKinnon-Patterson. Do look out for more. Uh, there'll be a couple more in the next few weeks. Uh, but in the meantime, cheerio for now. <laughs>